This is Carol Steves, and you're listening to Reality Ranch Podcast. Welcome to the 18th episode. Today is Saturday, August 29th, 2020. If this is your first listen to my show, I share the writings of Billy Meyer and have interviews and discussions with various people involved in the silent revolution of truth. And it is an effort, the teaching, and the contact notes to free humanity from the overly materialistic thinking, ignorance, and violence largely brought about by religion. Before my interview, I would like to read a couple of things, one from the teaching, another from a contact note. First, I have a continuation of my reading of the English translation of the 77 meditations taken from Meditation from Clear Visibility and Highest Meditation. This is meditation number two. The calmer and more tenacious I become, the more I overcome difficulties. discussions with people both on my program and off I found that many discovered Billy through the videos of Randy Winters or Randolph Winters as Billy refers to him in this contact note that I'm about to read which was translated by Patrick McKnight from and it can be found on the creationaltruth.org website. So thank you to Patrick for his contribution. Regarding Randolph Winters by Billy Edward Albert Meyer from Figu Bulletin number 29, September 2000, pages 6 through 7. Reader question. Randy Winters, I have read the book by Randolph Winters and gained the impression that he really had spent considerable time in the center. It is to me difficult to comprehend why Billy, in the reports, the bulletin distances himself from Randolph and even writes negatively about the Randolph Winters activities. And this is, the question was from Reinhard Koenig uh, from Hong Kong. Answer, it is true that Randy Winters during some weeks, and indeed three, lived in the center, which also was never contested by me. During his center stay, I spent nearly five to six hours a day with him in order to teach him all the necessary things of my contacts with the Pleiadian slash Pleiarn, as well as in deep reaching concerns of the spiritual teaching. The reason for it, that I even mustered so much time for his instruction, was for the following. Randolph, Randy Winters, was a core group member of FIGU, and as such, he delivered the request to be allowed to create and put legs on, start up, a daughter FIGU group in America. This request was complied with. Consequently, it became necessary to teach him in all, at the moment, important concerns of the FIGU and the mission, as well as the spiritual teaching. The condition was also made to him that he may in no wise use the entire figu and the mission material, etc., commercially, and that he, strictly in accordance with the figu rules, was to always only spread the truth and the entire material in this form. Now, after all the instruction by me and with an appropriately furnished task agreement, among many promises of his that he in no wise use anything commercially and not profit-based be used to his advantage. He left the Figu Center and returned to America. Afterwards, one heard only very sparsely of him during the early stages, while we from the Figu, however, heard of a strange side that he did not stick to the terms of the agreement which we had struck together And already soon it became public that Randy Winters conducted horrendously priced commercial seminars and therewith had created a considerable income. Naturally, we could not allow that, 
Consequently, we repeatedly reached out to him in writing in order to stop his wrong actions. Everything, however, was to be of little success, and ultimately he simply shrouded himself in silences after he initially had provided confusing and false information. Also, he did not cease his breach of agreement behavior and actions. Consequently, his FIGU core group membership was terminated. However, that also brought no success because he acted in the same wise, continuing as before. Indeed, he thereby made the entire matter even worse, that he spread untruths and falsifications in regard to spiritual teaching and the story of the Pleiadians and slash Pleiaren, as well as concerning my contacts with the Pleiadians slash Pleiaren, as e.g. the lie that the contacts could be would be severed due to my inability and carelessness, etc. And thus now absolutely no further contacts would exist, although these had never stopped, and these up to today's point in time still exist. Also, I was never accused of incapability or negligence by the Playaren, because I always stood in high esteem with them, because I always fulfilled my duty to their satisfaction both towards them and in every other wise. Randy Winters thus not only spread false information in regard to the spiritual teaching, but rather he also fell prey to the lies and calumny. He interpreted various things according to his own choosing and invented stories which were slanderous and made up and posed them as facts. He also included this style and this unfair wise in his book, which he ultimately still wrote and published and therewith deceived many human beings because they thereby were given false and misleading information that are based partly on lies and deception and precisely also on calumnies. With the time, our winters also himself joined together with a UFO swindler who with my photos and films drew up and claimed an entire string of falsifications that he had filmed and photographed all the beam ships of the player and the Pleiadian slash player and Randy Winters supported the entire swindle until it was finally made clear to him from various sides of integrity that he had been fooled by a phony and a charlatan for a long time, he vehemently defended it and created an auspice patronage around this that practically arose as an almost perfect shield, which to get through became always more complicated, but mainly through the arduous and profound striving and searching of Michael Hessman, the swindle and the shady wheeling and dealing ultimately was busted wide open after which Randolph Winters distanced himself and was never, and one never more heard from him, Billy. So <clears throat> I think I actually, now that I read through this again, I think I read his book a long time ago, but by the time I read his book, I was familiar enough with the contact notes having um, spent a couple of years reading them to spot the inconsistencies in his book, which I'm not going to go into. I don't currently have a copy of that book, but it's good to know this about Randy Winters. And I've heard that since this uh, contact note um, was published um, back in uh, 2000, that he's made his peace with Fiku. My guest today is Patty Fletcher. Patty lives in Mountain Home, Arkansas. She recently moved about 100 miles from where she grew up to start a new chapter in her life. Since finding the Meyer material, Patty has taken the coming problems laid out in the Henoch prophecies very seriously. She has worked for several years to become more self-sufficient. She grows and preserves her own food 
and also has become an herbalist among her many other efforts to prepare for the coming times. One of the things Patty has explained to me about her move is that she was glad to be further away from the New Madrid fault line. Join me now for my interview with Patty Fletcher. Um, so you are, are you still canning? Uh, I haven't canned in a couple of weeks. I've been moving. Okay. And you're moving to, you told me, right, Mountain Home. Yeah, Mountain Home. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, Patty, why don't you tell me a, a little bit about yourself and, you know, your interests and how you found the mission, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, I've just been more or less We're, a farmer's daughter, stay-at-home mom, worked a little bit, uh, went to college, and uh, worked for the government at a program they had called Experience Work. I was administrative assistance. I enjoyed that until somebody embezzled the money and cut that program out. And so that's why the program was stopped. Is they someone embezzled the money from the program? Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. There was a lot of older folks, you know, that needed the extra money to make ends meet, and it was sad. Do they know who? Do they know who embezzled it? I don't know. I didn't ask that. You know, I was just, right. you know, still I had like seventy-five people under me that I was having to deal with, you know, and mm-hmm. explain. Them, you know, uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't know what to tell you, you know, and it was just heart heartbreaking, you know, for a lot of them. Yeah, that's too bad. That's, yeah. wow. So that's so, a program that um, trains people, right? Trains them to um, learn, yeah, uh, learn a new job and yeah, to learn different skills, you know. I'd put them to work at schools, courthouses, libraries, uh, senior centers, uh, just wherever state and federal run or uh, 501, you know, like uh, child and adult abuse centers. and I see. Yeah. So like 501c3s, that kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's that's just, I didn't realize that. I mean, I knew you had, been, you had done that, but, so you live in rural Arkansas, is that correct? Correct. Very beautiful, but lots of poverty isn't there in Arkansas. Oh, there sure is. Yeah, the economy isn't very good there, is it? No. Yeah. And you've lived there all your life, haven't you? Yes. Yes. I was born in Jonesboro. Okay. And so um, how, you know, being in such a remote place, and there's really no other people around you that study the mission, right, except for maybe one person that you know? Yes, Dave. Yeah, and how did you find the mission? Uh, uh, finally, I mean, I searched and searched and searched for the truth. I'd go to libraries, check out books, and books they didn't have, they would loan, other, other libraries would loan books for me, and, and, so finally I got a phone and got internet. This was in uh, 2009. 
Mm-hmm. And I ran across um, Randy Winters interviewing Billy. And oh, I said, okay. this, is, this is it. This is what I've been searching for since um, I was 34 years old. You know, started. Okay, so what happened when you what happened when you were 34 that made you dis, that that spurred well, your searching? Not really 34. It was let's see, it was in 1984. My daughter was okay. born, and I said, "Well, I have my son, my daughter now. I'm gonna, you know, try to bring them up." the best way I can, you know, so I didn't go to church much. We, my family wasn't really church goers, you know, mm-hmm. and so I went to this church and the preacher was preaching, uh, love thy neighbor as thyself. I said, okay, this sounds good. And after church service was over, you know, everybody gets to talking to each other and you know, kind of visiting each other, and all of a sudden we heard some screaming and yelling, and we looked up, and the preacher and the deacon were fist fighting, and oh, that just kidding. that just blew, <laughs> that just blew my mind. Like what, you know? And uh, so, I bet. <laughs> what happened to love thy neighbor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, one wanted to put the money they took up to go towards some new baptism steps, and I don't know what the other one wanted, but it just blew me away. And I thought, that. And then that's where my search started. Because you were just looking for, like so many of us who are raising children, and maybe we don't want to raise their, our children the way we were raised. Yeah. I don't know if that was the case for you, but for me, it definitely was. Yeah, so you start it looking for guidance, right? You know? Yep. And I just so want- your, your, your search sounds a lot like mine. It took me a long time to find something that everything resonated or, or made sense or was logical, not just parts of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you found Randy, Winter, Randy Winter's stuff. And then yes. from there, you you found other things, I take it. Yes, I did. Mission. I just couldn't get it fast enough. I was just, you know, because mm-hmm. it just resonated yeah. with me. Mm-hmm. And that was in November and, of 2009. How has... Uh, does your family know that you study? Some of your family does, right? Knows knows that you study the teaching and about Billy. Is that? Yeah, my grandson yeah. does. He's about the only one. The rest of them thinks I'm crazy. Oh you yeah. Know. Well, join the club. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the exclusive club. <laughs> yeah. So a very few people. <laughs> And I just say exclusive. I shouldn't say exclusive because we're not excluding anyone. We're just being excluded. Yeah. (laughs) Reverse sometimes because of what we what we uh, think. Yes. So that must that must be kind of tough then being um, alone and um, it it is tough, but. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> you, yes, you are, aren't you? And it and, helps and a lot because Dave. Oh, he, it helps a lot because Dave's into it a lot more, and that's so right. I don't, you know, I don't feel alone, alone like I did. Mhm. And my grandson, sometimes it just goes over his head, and he don't know what to believe. And I said. Just think for yourself is all I can tell you, you yeah. know. Yeah. Do the research. Uh, exactly. Um, I know. It's, um, you know, I was talking to um, a little bit uh, to Christian through email because I just did that interview with, um, with uh, Francisco and Christopher about their new book. And we were talking about, because it talks about in the book that that Billy and the and, and the player and together 
created a situation like a safety net for those people who can't handle this information, that it gives them a way out of it, that they can say, well, this isn't true by the way it's been put together and presented. Uh, a bit frustrating for those of us who have looked through the information and understand um, through our own logic and reasoning that it's true for those people who are um, it's hard for them to um, kind of sift through it and figure out um, that even if some information has been like they have a, you know how people are if, if you tell them that that Billy's pictures were stolen and replaced with fakes, some of them. They think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's the case. <laughs> because how else well, could you explain that some of them are real and will pass muster and some won't? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of people are religious and they can't get past that there's not a God. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I wasn't even going there, but but that's a good place to go. I was talking about those people who actually are even willing to look at these cases to see if yeah. there are there's something to them. But those, yeah, the people who are um, um, not um, are so religious, no, they can't get past God. And there was a contact note that just came out. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I translated it with DeepL um, last night. And um, they're talking about Billy's actual age being 160. Did you see yes. that? Yes, yes, I saw, I saw yeah, that. You did. Oh, yeah. good. Okay, I'm glad you did. And, uh, yeah. and you know, doesn't it made sense to me when they explained that, that um, he actually was educated for 60 years with Svath. That makes much more sense to me than just a few incidences that we that we knew about in the past where he had some training. Because I don't know about you, but I've thought about that many times and thought, you know, um, Billy had to have a lot of preparation for this mission. It's incredibly oh, yeah. difficult. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So well, I kind of um, thought yeah, spend more time with sloth, you know. Yeah, uh-huh. That makes a lot of sense. Yes, I, it I actually felt a little relief because I thought, I know we weren't being, you know, filled in on the whole thing um, in the past, how much time, to me, it was more like we've seen some of the information about his childhood, not all of it, of course. Yeah. And yeah. sure enough, that's the case. Because I thought, how could someone, when you look at how arduous this has been for him, and how he had to purposely um, have that safety net, so he had, he got a lot of you know grief because of that, right? If if yeah. there's an out for people, so that if they can't handle it, then you're going to get a lot of grief over the information that isn't quite jiving. So he yeah. had to deal with that too. I, I just it just kind of blows my mind. Yeah, um, it's just amazing, yeah. you know. It is, and um, I think, uh, you know, of course, as you and I both know, this um, the mission is not for the faint of heart um, because the, the main goal is for us to each work on ourselves. Exactly. And prove ourselves, yeah. And so I know that, um, you know, I have talked in the past about the prophecies and predictions and the things that are, now, we, you and I both see, and other people, of course, too, but it's you and I talking here, that see that there, those things are happening that um, we were told to be prepared for if things yeah. didn't change for the better. And so I know you've done some things. I mentioned your canning, but didn't you said something um, to me that you have, are you an herbalist now? Is that? Yes, I am. <laughs> yes. That's that's great. So you now know how to use different um, herb, prepare um, different herbal uh, elixirs and medications and and know what to use them for, right? Yes, I do. And I'm still learning. Oh, of course. Like anything, there's always more. So are you making your own um, tinctures and stuff now? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, that's great. And Mike, are you are you? Just tell yeah, tell me more about it. Tell me what you're making and and that sort of thing. What you're what? using it for? I can uh, make my own uh, hot and cold infusions. You know, like for colds and just something to relax you and uh I can make herbal pills mm-hmm. and and capsules uh, right. I can uh, tinctures um, salves and lotions I know how to make those that's really fun Oh, is it? Yeah. So what do you use? Like when you make a lotion, um, what what kind of base? Do you mind telling me? Like, what do you make it with your lotion? I make it with calendula, chamomile, mm-hmm. comfrey, uh, marshmallow, beeswax, uh, sometimes I put vitamin E in it. Okay, and are these for like wounds or skin conditions or what? What are your lotions? Yeah, you know, it's it's just for your skin, wounds, cracked skin, mm-hmm. rashes, you know, things like salve, yeah. chapped lips, and uh, I use cloves for uh, toothaches, tinctures. Mm-hmm. I use plantain. Yeah, that's an old remedy, isn't it? Yes. I remember using clove as a child, and that kind of, I, you never even see anybody recommend that anymore. Well, you know, they used to be this little old bottle of stuff. It was it was red, and it had a red cross on it, and it was for I Tuesday. remember. And yeah. that's what, it's got to be the same stuff that I'm using now, because it smells well, like yeah. And works just like it. You use the cotton yeah, it's ball. It's like from your childhood, right? <laughs> and then I use plantain, not the banana plantain, but the herb for insect bites and spider bites and sores and rashes. Um, you can use it for snake bites. Uh, I got bit by a brown recluse several times in my bed. You're kidding. No, and this was just when I was getting into this herbalism, and uh-huh. and my arm swelled up, and had blisters popping out. You know how right. does you and you can die from that. My arm swelled up and got red, so I broke down and went to the emergency room, and they gave me some antibiotics. I was supposed to take two a day. Well, I uh-huh. took. Knew the first day, and they kind of made me feel weird. Well, the third one I took, I thought I was going to pass out. It made me dizzy, made me sick, and I just... Oh, did you have a reaction? Yes, I was having a reaction to... There's not very many antibiotics out there I can take because I'm allergic to penicillin to start with. Oh, so was my grandmother. I went outside. the same problem. Uh, plantain growing wild out in the yard, and I picked me a bunch, made me some poultices, and put that on there, and within two weeks, it healed right up. I mean, it was bad. It, it was bad. It was turning black. And oh, my was, gosh. Plantain, it draws the poison out of out of your uh-huh. body. You can take it internally and use it as a poultice. That's great to know. Yeah. That's, and, yeah, and, that's, I think. Go ahead. I use comfrey for like uh, broken skin or sores. You don't want to put that in a puncture wound because it would seal it up because you want something. Mm-hmm. A puncture wound you use, you know, like. Plantain, the comfrey. If it's a cut or something, you can put that on there, and it, you know, it just healing. It just amazes me how herbs, you know, 
Right. And you have your own herb garden. Yes, I do. And I'm going to have I figured, to. I figured you did. I'm going to wait till fall to move it where I'm at. Yeah. So you're going to take it with you. Yeah. Few, you know, few plants like my mm-hmm. echinacea and my comfrey. And I use hollyhocks for like, it's a cousin to marshmallows plant. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I'm making my tinctures, uh, it depends on what herb is. Mm-hmm. You know, I use like some cheap vodka, 40% alcohol. I put it in a pint jar, keep it, you know, right on the jar what it is, keep it in a dark place, take it out every day for two weeks and shake it. And then uh-huh. I strain it and put, bottle it up. Uh, I have 16-ounce bottles, and then I have the one-ounce bottles with the droppers that I use, you know. And mm-hmm. where I was living, uh, it was a community with small, you know, teenagers around, and they'd get hurt, and my grandkids, you know, they lived right behind me, and they'd say, mm-hmm. well... Call me Nana. Said, well, Nana, she's a medicine woman. Uh, see what she can do. And and then one time, there was a boy came over there. He had a wreck on his bicycle, and he cut his wrist going upways from his wrist up uh-huh. towards his elbow. Right. About a three-inch cut. Well, mm. I sutured him up with duct tape. <laughs> And these uh, really? Yeah. Oh my god. Duct tape and uh fishing line for the uh suture and the duct uh-huh. tape, these little straws you get at a coffee shop where you stir your coffee. You could use yeah. those by these little bitty round wooden things and just make your own. You have to poke holes in, you know, the duct tape to thread it up like you would a shoe and you want to put it between the wound and the duct tape about finger wide. Uh-huh. Just pull it up together and oh. it pulls up together. So instead of sewing the skin together, you used it almost like a shoelace. Yes. You know, to tighten the shoe, and you put the duct tape on either side of the wound? Yes, on both sides of the wound. You, oh, that's and interesting. Where did you learn that? Did you learn that in your studies, Patty? I haven't yes, heard of I that did. technique. Yes, I did. You know, I've heard of butterflying, you know, like that. So it's like butterflying, only it would be a little more precise, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, it's it like leaves, pulling it together. It pulls it together and lays room where you can put your herbs on there to heal it. Oh, I see. Yeah, that is really interesting. So, what were the wooden straw, the wooden thing you're using? Is that your needle, or what, is that what you're using to thread it? You said you had to poke holes. I don't know. You lost me. What do you use the wooden um, thing for? It's to put it to the end of the duct tape and then roll it okay. over on it. I'll I'll send you a okay. picture of the one oh, okay. that I've made. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'd be so very I, interested. I keep a roll of duct tape. Well, I keep I keep a roll of duct tape, the fishing line, uh, the little sticks, and then you know the psalm. Okay. Uh-huh. Just a little longer than the width of the duct tape. I'll I'll send you a picture. Okay, and then um, if you don't mind, can I post it under the, when I post the podcast, can I post the picture? Yes. With it yes. on Facebook? Oh, good. Okay. Because this yes. sounds really interesting. I uh, I would like to understand this. I've never heard of this technique. Um, and it healed, and it healed up. And what, yes. what um, herbs did you put on there once you did the little, uh, the little, what would you, like a butterfly, really? Um, it open though, so you can. What kind of herbs did you put in there? Uh, I just used a, a 
poultice powder that I made out of uh, mm-hmm. tain and marshmallow and comfrey and echinacea because echinacea is antibiotic and mm-hmm. comfrey. They used to call that knit bone. It you know. Oh really? Yes. No, I didn't know that. Oh okay. Yeah. Because I've studied and, a little bit about herbs, but I've never taken a course like what you've done. You know, I've just got a book and I've done a few things here and there. But um, so, but I've always been very interested in it. Um, so um, what was I going to ask? Oh, have you used honey yet for wounds? Have you tried that for honey? antibiotic raw honey? Yeah. Yes, yes. In a yeah, in my cough syrup, like in my elderberry cough syrup, use honey with oh, it. Okay. Well, you can also put it on wounds, oh, you know, on your body yeah. because it's a an natural yeah. antibiotic. I just wondered if – I've I've tried – I've used it that way and it works really well, but I just kind of wondered if you had, especially um, the one with the Manuka honey. But, of course, you know, that's not local. You have to get that from yeah. um, Australia, New Zealand, I think. I think it's Australia. Yeah. Maybe New Zealand has it too, I think. Um so yeah, that's pretty interesting. And so, did he did he have to keep reapplying the poultice to the wound after um, oh, you yeah. do it yeah. about two to three times a day because the okay. poultice will dry out. I mean, even after I, you know, put after I suture, you know, shoot, sutured him up, and he would mm-hmm. come over three times a day for the first couple of days, and I would keep it galls wrapped around it, you know, to hold the poultice on, and, you know, it dries out. You would keep what wrapped around it? Galls, you know, on the poultice to keep the poultice What's the gall? on. I know. What do you mean? What is that? Like a bandage. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just never heard that term. So is it just like a cotton or gauze or something like that? Yeah. It's kind of like a cheese type material. Oh, okay. I see. So it can still breathe. How you say it? Yes. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yep. So are you selling selling your um, herbal mixtures or are you just using them for yourself and for your family and that kind of thing I'm planning on start selling them I can get uh, I know a lot of the people that are herbalists they get like $20 for an ounce of their medicine for their tinctures uh-huh. you know right but you know I thought that would be a good business to get into because our health care system is not great and it's not going to get any better it's going to get worse and yeah. people's going to have yep. to turn, turn to you know back to herbal medicine yes. the way I, I i agree i mean i can stop bleeding with cayenne pepper um mm-hmm. If a person's having a heart attack or stroke you could put some cayenne pepper in their mouth and that would um, stop it from happening. Um, That's good to know. Yeah, it's it's just unbelievable. I I just didn't you know really have a clue about all this until I got into it. And mm-hmm. earache. If you have an earache, all you have to do is get your onion, chop it up in a food chopper or, or get you a spoon and smash it just to get the juice out, strain it uh-huh. and put it in a dropper and put you a couple of drops of that onion juice in your ear and it stops your earache because onion is an antibiotic. It's kind of in, it's in okay. the garden. You know, if yeah. you got a infection, you know, it, it, it's well, just a must. You know, if you don't have colloidal silver on hand too because that's amazing for ear infections absolutely yeah. amazing 
And that's something I make and use with my family is colloidal silver. And yeah. for earaches, pink eye, sinus infections. It's a, you know, and so I see stuff on the internet out there about how it's suspect, uh, questionable. I'm like, um, no, I've been using it for over 20 years. And, you know, it gets rid of some things that you have to, you know, it'll get rid of pink eye faster than a prescription does. Oh, wow. It, where a prescription, because my boys, you know, usually if you have kids, you end up with con- somebody has conjunctivitis, right? Because it's so contagious and the kids spread it yeah. amongst themselves. And so I remember before I discovered colloidal silver, I had to get a prescription a couple of times for pink eye. And it took two or three days before they felt relief, you know, because it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. And when I, once I started making colloidal silver, you feel better because I've ha- I had to use it on myself. They gave it to me too. <laughs> yeah. But I, you feel better that day. You experience relief the same day. I've never and tried that's, that. Yeah, it's it's real colloidal silver. You mean? Yeah. I'll have well, to try. It's very easy to make. Yeah, and it's expensive to buy, but very inexpensive to make if you get yourself a little uh, unit. A yeah. Little. Um, the little units that you use to make colloidal silver, and they aren't that expensive. I mean, for about a a couple of bottles, you can buy yourself a little unit to make it because they sell those. Um, the I mean, the bottles are like between twenty five and fifty dollars at the store. Okay. And you can make it for pennies. You just you know you get a little bit of silver wire with the little uh, um, kit that uh, you know you, you use distilled water. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you'd be very pleased with colloidal silver. It's, it's good for a lot of different... You can make salves with it, too, that are okay. great for burns. Yeah. That. So that's just, that's just another little tool for your uh, art in your arsenal, your herbal medicine arsenal. And I know that uh, there are several FIGU members I know, too, that make colloidal silver. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's something I think you definitely uh, might be interested in. And well, you, uh, so what, what were we going to say? You know, uh, I love, you know, learning about these herbs and different things. And that's just mm-hmm. what you just told me just added to my list of things to do. <laughs> you yeah, know? I know. I know. And um, I, I can't wait to see how you did that suture thing because, that's pretty cool. Um, I had never heard of that. And so I think other people would find that really interesting, too, to know that. Because this is part of our, you know, for those of us who understand that we may not have a lot of services available to us. And, you know, like you said, healthcare, like for our family, we pay health insurance, right? Healthcare is so expensive that we do every thing we can not to go to the doctor. Exactly. Because we still have to pay a, hu- a huge deductible even though we're paying you know, premium every month. This back, it was 2016 or 2017. It seems like Michael Horn had a blog where Billy said, now's time to get your community together, you know. Yeah, and he did. You're right. Yep. I've been preparing food, putting them in Mylar bags with oxygen absorbers. I've been canning and dehydrating. And then it hit me, well, what about medicine? So yeah. that got me going, you know, for natural. It sounds like you've been really busy. Yeah, yeah, I have. And, yeah, um, are are your family? Does your family help with the preserving of the food, and and are you just um, doing it by yourself? I'm doing it by myself. Oh. Uh, before I moved, my mother helped me can up a bunch of tomatoes. Mhm. I mean. That's about it. I mean, she's 82 years old. You can't expect, you know, her to 
do oh, a lot. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking more of your kids and stuff. I, I, I didn't know if they were interested in it or they thought maybe it, they, you know, they were, you know, this needed to happen. At first they were gun ho about a garden and out there, you know, I was trying to show them, you uh-huh. know, how to do this and do that. And it seems like that they just lost interest. They're more into their phones and tablets and. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's hard for people to pull themselves away from those things now, it seems like. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. Yeah, I had a young girl out here helping me. Um, She was home alone uh, during the pandemic, and she's all by herself all day because her mother works for um, my husband's company, and so we start bringing her out here because she was, you know, shut up in that because her mother's being very careful, and yeah. she had she had become addicted to her phone, and she was having a very hard time getting interested. Her mom wanted her to, you know, to, and she's actually a very helpful, sweet girl, but she had become addicted to her phone, and she didn't want to pull herself away from it. You could tell it was really hard. She wasn't really interested in what was going on on the farm or, um, and so then her mom found out she was chatting with people that were older that she shouldn't have been because she's only 11. And so oh, she took her phone for a while and it really helped because she, it broke the spell. And I, I noticed each, you know, she, she was coming out two days a week and I noticed just, even after a week of no phone, she was dramatically better. Her attitude, her interest, she was happier. That's um, good. And, yeah, and um, much more helpful and talkative. And, um, yeah, this, um, this, that's got to be really hard right now for the parents that now their kids, because they have to do online schooling and they're stuck at home so much, it's even worse for yeah. the whole phone and computer thing. I, I What a challenge that must be. I, I it, can't imagine. Well, Arkansas, they, they opened their schools, but, you know, it's about half oh, and half. Oh, they did? Yes. Oh. And, uh, oh, no. It's, it's just mind-boggling to see on the TV, on the news here locally, kids in classrooms mm-hmm. ask on and these cla- uh, shields in front of them, you know, trying to keep them separate. I, I just don't, you know. How long, when did school start there, Patty? It started yesterday. Oh, so you're going to find out soon about the, I mean, we had in Weld County, I'm in Larimer, and they all decided wisely to homeschool. But Weld, which is the county next to us, um, and they're more, um, you know, um, I hate to, you know, they politicize this. So they're they're actually more uh, Democrat or Republican, you know, yeah. and I'm neither. But so they opened their schools, and now they've already the kids are already testing uh, in Windsor, which is a school that's in Weld County. Um, Fourteen kids had already tested positive within the first week. Well, you and know, Windsor's that's a small town. Yeah, well, that's like the school that my grandkids were going to, which their mother, thankfully, is letting them do the homeschool. Just their sports practice, kids are already testing positive. And they went on ahead to the school. Yes. And, you know, we got to recover that young girl. Oh, go ahead. We have a, a, what? a Republican for a governor, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, we um, that's why the that young the young lady um, isn't coming out here anymore because she plays softball and her mom decided she was going to let her go play, and we were like, well, she can't come out here anymore then, and her response is, well, they're wearing masks and taking their temperature. And we explained, look, by the time they take their favorite temperature, it's too late. Yeah. They're already, yeah. And so we're waiting to hear what happens here with the sports. It's just, just going to be uh, massive. It is. It is. 
It's already a mess, isn't it? Yeah, it's already a mess. It's going to be a nightmare. Yes. Uh, I have the N95s and uh, Cool Flow mask, and then I have the N100s, and then I have goggles. Mm -hmm. And but I don't go, you know, out public much. Just no, we don't. We don't either. And we just recently took a trip to Arizona. We were supposed to go to Yellowstone, but we changed our mind at the last minute and decided to look at some property in Arizona. And um, so we, um, you know, we just avoided everyone. We didn't really. We stayed in a couple of Airbnbs that were, they said they used the CDC, you know, level of cleaning. But we still went in and amassed and sprayed everything. We have this um, this disinfectant. This is probably something you might be interested in. It's made with all different essential oils, and it's been already, it's been tested. So it's like, you know, Patah talks about to use a non-toxic um, disinfectant. That's what this is. And so yeah. you, it's concentrated and you mix it with water. And a friend of mine who's a massage therapist here in Colorado uh, hooked me up with it. And so I sprayed everything um, down. In the, the, I sprayed the air. I sprayed all the bedding, all the towels, all the, surf, you know, everything. We just, I just, you know, so sprayed it before we would even use it, even though they told us that it had been cleaned and it looks yeah. very clean. Don't get me wrong, but you know, just as a, a precaution. Yeah. Before we even would go in there and use anything, sprayed all the light switches down, wiped everything down, and I thought, oh, it's just such a chore to even go anywhere like that because there's so many precautions that need to be taken. Yeah, and anymore, but, I'm kind of scared to buy the food at at the grocery store. You know, if I, I have know. to go, you know, because I it's know. getting in the meat yeah. and. Yeah, we luckily had our meat already, um, you know, in our freezers. But, uh, yeah, I worry about buying it in the future. Yeah. We're hoping to go hunting this year and get a deer. Um, well, or, that's you know, to help supplement. The deer have this wasting disease now. I know. Yeah, and not, uh, they have it there too. Yeah. yeah we're we're aware of that. Yeah. I know it's terrible. It's just. And now, you know, you probably saw I was talking about the smoke um, that's yeah. in, the, in the west here. It's just horrible. It really is. I'm looking out my window, and you know how you could see the foothills and, you know, the, the mountains yeah. from, you know, the west side? Well, there, you can see them barely. There's, there's looks like fog, you know. Yeah. Or pollution, heavy pollution. That's really what it is, is heavy pollution, so... Each area that we live in is going to have its challenges, you know, oh. whether it's flooding or fires or, um, you know, I don't know, the, the riots that are going on in the city. Yes. I don't know if you, do you guys have a lot of that going on in, in um, Arkansas? Uh, a little bit, but not like Portland and Seattle and you know, the bigger yeah. cities. Um, I know right. uh, Harrison, it's not too far from Mountain Home. There's the main guy, the KKK lives there, and they have a floor like that. Oh, really? Yeah about the Black Lives Matters and, I mean, even Hardy, the little town that I live seven miles from, uh-huh. uh, somebody took spray paint on the Welcome to Hardy sign and put uh, BLM on it, mm-hmm. you know. There's only like 750 yeah. people that live there in that little town and it's, it's yeah, all getting crazy, crazier. I know, and I and I, and I think that you know 
the blacks who are um, peacefully protesting and want change, I am with them. I, I get it. Absolutely. But um, what my worry is, and, I, and I've said a little bit about this on Facebook, is that being co-opted by other organizations, like what just happened in Denver, there was rioting and destruction and broken windows and fires set. And the mayor came out here in Denver just a few days ago and said, look, we are, and, you know, we are not going to support defunding the police. We are fine with peaceful protesting. This is not peaceful protesting. It's anarchy. And, we, and the people that are coming here and creating anarchy are not welcome here. And I totally understand that, that things have to be done in, in an orderly fashion. Yes, things need to change. But I kind of see it like, I don't know how you feel about it, but I see this destruction of property like a, like a child who doesn't know how to deal with injustices that are being done to them, throwing a fit and, and tearing up their room and tearing up the house. or Yeah, it's the same thing. And tearing what, down. what good is tearing down? Oh, go ahead, what? Tearing down the statues and, you yeah. know, yeah. the way with and, and what we do know. And... Yeah, and if those statues need to go, then that needs to be decided by the community. Yes. That those statues are no longer appropriate, right? You know what I'm saying. If they represent, thing, you know, oppression and it's realized that that's the case and the yeah. community decides together, well, then this statue needs to go and we need to replace it with something more equitable, then that can happen. Yeah. But um, just the willful destruction, um, you know, I'm sure the on the other side, those, those people who, well, that would be like, you know, um, just... That would be the same as if we we decided, say, those of us who understand that religion is is a ne- very negative thing, that if we went and burned all the churches down, destroyed the statues, that's the same thing. Yeah. It, 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 we know that's got to happen in a more intelligent, peaceful way. Yeah. The education it's... and evolution. What's happening right now yeah. is going along with the Henoch prophecies. Yes, uh, it is. It's more or less predictions now. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yep. Now, no, you know, let's no, talk no, about no. that. Um, why don't you explain um, for people listening, in case they don't know, what the difference is between a prediction and a prophecy? Because I think that's a good distinction to make. A prediction is something that's written in stone. It cannot be changed. A prophecy is calculated as a probability. Right. It might could happen. Yeah. yeah right. So be. cause and effect is uh, governs, um, um, you know, when, when it comes to if a, say, it's, um, a, um, Meteors coming through, right? Yeah. That is a prediction, correct? Correct. Because it's uh, something in nature that we have nothing to do with. It's just happening. And then we have to figure out how we're going to mitigate it. And then, um, yes. And then a a prophecy could be something that... Once it hits a certain tipping point, so if we, you know, don't change our behaviors within a certain period of time, it gets closer and closer. The more we cannot, it becomes a, it changes from a prophecy to a prediction because of cause and effect. We can no longer stop it. Exactly. Even if we wanted to, yeah. And so that's what we're witnessing, isn't it? We're watching things change that we could have changed. And now it's looking like, like for instance, civil war, I wonder if there's any turning back or if that's already become a prediction. I think it's I don't a know. Prediction. I think it's a prediction. It looks that way. It yeah. looks that way, doesn't it? It sure does. It, does that. it looks that way to me, too. And um, Sad to say. It, it is sad to say. I just keep my eyes and ears 
open, wide open, and my head on the swivel. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and hope for the best. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that we can, I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's my, I think about how hard, um, you know, like, you know, we, you know, we built our farm and everything, we're working really hard to get through this, and you're doing your things to get through it too, your garden and your herb, herbals and your education. And I sometimes think to myself, and I must really want to live through this. <laughs> I'm working so hard um, to survive it. Yeah. And because there's more to learn. I guess that's why. I just think there's more to learn, and I, you know, want to do what I can to help if if I can. And, you know, but my one of my sons is telling me, and you tell me if you've seen this too, that some of the young people have a very fatalistic attitude about what's happening. They're just like, well, we're all going to die anyway. So exactly. You see yep. any of that with the younger? Oh my I'm, gosh. I'm seeing that too. Yeah. You have. Okay, dear. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to run. Um, and I'm going to go tell those guys to get off the roof. Well, it was really nice talking to you. And thanks for being on my show. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's and now nice people know a little bit more about you. Well, I hope I help in some way. Thanks for the invite. Thank you for listening to this episode of Reality Ranch Podcast. I hope you tune in next time. Until then, Salome.